Welcome to the Unaccepted Podcast, the podcast for car enthusiasts and anime fans. I'm your host, Tony. And I'm Manny. And we do not have Mr. Leo here today. He is not with us today. No, no, no. Manny, you said something about he's on a safari of some sort? Yeah, he decided to take a break to pursue his full-time position as Mr. Bitches. Oh, okay. So the text he sent me was a lie. Okay, so he's on the prowl right now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I guess that does fall into the same thing. He said something about safari hunting emo girlfriends and Celicas. Yes. Oh, all right. Well, we support him on this prowl and uh, check back in with him next week. See if he gets an update. Yes. All right. (laughs) But anyways, Manny, how'd the weekend go, buddy? Uh, Weekend was actually pretty good. Very relaxing. And so uh, I haven't been to Idlewild in so many years, probably since I was a child, because the only times I went up there as a child was just to go camping. And so I decided to go take a cruise. And I know that you've told me some recommendations on some places to visit, like food, food places and all that stuff, food, food spots. Mostly beer, but yeah. Mostly beer, yeah. Yep. So went out there and did enjoy the nice drive in the canyon, going up the hills. The little the windy roads and went to the Idlewild Brew Pub out of your recommendation. And honestly, it was really good there. Very cool. Yeah. Food's good. Beer's good. Wings Parts were just as good it. as the Soboba Casino wings. Yeah. No, their food's really good there. Oh, yeah. And I was excited seeing all the dogs like walking around and how friendly they were towards dogs in the whole town. Yeah. No, it, it always is a little bit unique for sure. You were more than welcome to stop by my place and pick up a dog to take with you if you wanted to. (laughs) (laughs) I'll rent them out. (laughs) You'll rent them out? (laughs) Yeah. That's super cool. That'd that'd actually be interesting, actually. Renting the dog out? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right, all right. I mean, I wasn't there with mine, but you could have took Yuno. I don't know about Yuno. Why? (laughs) She's a bit extra. You know, in public, she actually is really good. Okay. It's just at home. She wants to act like a big old hype. (laughs) But no, in public, she does really, really good. Nice. Very cool. What else did you do? Uh, Pretty much after that, uh, just enjoyed uh, at the brew pub for a bit. After we're done eating, drink some beers. And just started heading back. And we I went to, to Noshi Nights as well. Nice. How was Tenoshi Nights? It felt different, honestly. Okay. Yeah, you can expand on that. I mean, I know I kind of talked about the little bit of a different vibe the last time I went to. Was it in Menifee when the last time you went? Yes, I think it was their first time at Menifee. Uh, off Newport Road on the 215? Correct. Okay. Uh, definitely felt like a very new, uh, different vibe, honestly. Uh, and I hit up Ali. He's like, "Hey, are you still hosting this event?" And he responded, "Oh, he he took it. He's no longer um, helping with hosting anymore." Uh, so I guess he just like moved away from the car scene to other hobbies, basically. Yeah, yeah. The last I heard, he was starting a business selling um particular parts for a particular hobby. Yes, I'm not really yes. sure. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We'll leave it at that. We'll leave it at that. 
Nice. Yes. <laughs> but other other than that, I mean, I there was no one that I knew. Most of the vendors looked like people that I that I've never seen or knew that they were vendors or heard of their like shop names or anything. And just because it wasn't in Marietta, like I said, it just it just had a different vibe that it just didn't feel the same anymore to me. Yeah. Um, I know. I think it's John's little brother that hosts it now. Yeah, I think so. He was there last time. He was there as well, if I remember. But just not seeing like SB Funko Pops or seeing Ollie or just John in general as well. It just didn't feel the same. It just didn't feel the same. I know it's a great event. It's a it's a really good meet. It's it's fun, but the the overall feeling and vibe was just not the same. Okay. All right. Did you take the Mustang or the Elko out there? I took the uh, the Mustang. Okay. Very There's cool. still some areas in the Mustang I don't trust it if I want to take it out to like the mountains and canyons and stuff. That you don't trust the Mustang? No, the, the El Camino, I mean. Oh, okay, okay. What? You mean to tell me that El Camino is not a canyon carver? Come on now. <laughs> I don't... <laughs> I still need to fix, uh, replace the floater because the gauge doesn't work on the gas meter. Oh, that doesn't need to work. <laughs> I ain't risking it, man. You still right. run out of gas. <laughs> all right, cool, cool, cool. But other than that, I mean, after that, I just like went with uh with the friend. Uh, basically, we went to go get boba right after as well. And then I, that's how I finished off the weekend. I really didn't do much on Sunday either. Just pretty much just stay at home, relax, watch some anime, play some video games. Hey, sometimes those are the best weekends. It really is, honestly. Very cool, very cool. Well, I had my uh, seminar this weekend. And uh, it was tiring, for sure. I bet, because I called you, too. Yeah, Sound like no, you were it was, busy. It was the whole weekend. I was out in the sun the whole time, sore and sunburnt. Soren sunburnt. So do you actually get burnt or you get darker? I burn. Ooh. Yeah, I, I definitely, definitely burn. So, I mean, it was cool. Like, uh, the biggest thing was, uh, it was a bite work and protection seminar. Okay. So I paid for a decoy and working spot. Okay. Meaning meaning I will decoy um, to catch some dogs and take some bites. You know, nice. pra good practice to get my hands on some dogs. Take the take the bites and have somebody better than me, way better than me, instruct, uh, correct, you know, work on, work on things I need to work on as far as like working the dogs in the bites yeah. and stuff. And um, the working spot is obviously I got to bring my dog in work my dog in the protection stuff okay so part of the reason why i had you take the bite last week <laughs> was to make sure uh coro's targeting was on point and it wasn't you know he wasn't gonna embarrass me by biting the titty rather than the arm <laughs> yeah but uh no he killed it this weekend nice nice yeah no he did really good we did end up having a small like uh not a small well, a successful failure, if that makes sense. 
<laughs> okay, expand on that. Okay, so obviously it's it's dog training, right? Yeah. He knows certain things. He's good at certain things. Some things he takes to very easily and quickly. But it's like it's kind of where you find his failing point and you're able to work him through it pretty quickly and he learns on that is kind of where you build the most so that's why i call it like a successful fail because we failed at it but we worked through it and he figured it out at the end Mm -hmm. so hopefully the next time we come out and try that again he's not gonna fail it (laughs) nice so that's why I say a successful fail. We found something which I kind of already knew he was going to do. I knew that was going to be tough for him to do. And uh, just kind of worked through it until he was successful on it. And he did end up being successful in it just literally a few minutes later. Nice, nice. Yeah. And um, you could probably guess what it is knowing since you know my dog, it was pretty much sitting still and not biting (laughs) yes yes so basically i would like heel up to the decoy face to face i sat coro down right in front of the decoy as close as possible and he was still trying to bite well he stayed under control while i was there but the goal was for me to walk away drop the leash walk away come back pet him and then release him for the bite but what he was doing is as soon as I tried to walk away, he tried to bite. So we had to correct him and reset. Then I was able to walk away. By the time I came back and I tried to just pet him, he took that as a command like, all right, I'm going to go bite now. <laughs> yep. If the decoy adjusted his feet or moved his shoulder more than half an inch, he went in for the bite. <laughs> So it's just pretty much all about restraining control. It's just restraining control. He's so amped and like jacked to just do it that it's uh it's really difficult for him to control himself. Yeah. So we worked through it and uh we ended up getting successful on that. Um I got to run a couple scenarios as a decoy like uh for the K9 Street League. It was like a purse snatch basically or bag snatch basically uh I would pick up a mock bag and turn around. The dog's supposed to down in front of me and not bite. The other one, I'm supposed to grab the bag and kind of run, and the dog's supposed to come up and bite me in the tricep. You hear that, ladies? Hide your purses. (laughs) So I got to run a couple of those, and again, any little time I can get kind of practicing taking some bites is really good. Getting my hands on dogs are good, you know? Nice. Yeah. But um, we did that, and then Coro ended the day with uh, some fend-offs that I'm real, I'm hesitant to post on social media. <laughs> you know when people get a little bit too sensitive because they don't understand it? Yeah. Yeah, I feel like it might be one of those because it looks much more intense than what it is. So I'm kind of like, should I even post that? <laughs> but it was basically, um, we call it fending off. So I would send Coro out for the bite, but the decoy's job was to intentionally make Coro miss. Oh, okay. So not let him get the bite. Try to fight and fend him off to not let him get the bite. So like and- a matador when he tries to juke a, a bull. Um, a bit more physical. I mean, if a bull hits you, that's physical. 
Well, I mean physical in the sense of the person fending off. Mm. So one instance was, uh, you know, those plastic kiddie pools? Yes. It was a plastic kiddie pool that as soon as Coro came up to jump, he pretty much shoved that in Coro's face to kind of block him. Um, one of the other ones was, uh, <laughs> and I wish we, I actually wish I would have had that one on video, at least for me, but, uh, the person who was supposed to be recording missed it. Oh yeah, that's okay. I mean, there, there will be other times. Yeah. But, uh, the other one was as soon as Coro jumped in the air for the bite, they basically blanketed him in a tarp. Okay. So that was super interesting. And I know that's very intense for him. So he actually enjoyed the fight. I'm super glad about that. Cause uh, you know, part of me was wondering if he was just going to come back and go like, Hey, he didn't let me bite him. So I'm waiting for you. <laughs> yeah. But no, he did. He did good. He kept going for it and he got his bite. The third one is the one I did get on video. And that's where I'm kind of like, I, I rewatch it and I love it. I just don't, I'm not sure about posting it because basically um, think about two giant, you know, those bigger plastic jugs for like laundry detergent or something. Yes. They kind of turn those into like rattle containers. They put beans or something in them to kind of make a bunch of noise. Right. Mm -hmm. And when Coro came in for the bite, he sort of like boxed Coro with them. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> and you know, it, it's, it's part of the game. It's, it's, it's you're we're raising intense dogs for intense situations in sports, you know? Yeah. So when I feel just when people look at that, they're going to be like, oh, my gosh, it's animal abuse. And I'm going to get flagged and get my account taken down or something. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. I might post it up later, at least on okay. my personal page, if anything. OK, OK. But uh, no, it was it was fun. It was a good weekend. Learned a lot. Definitely got to work a lot. That was great. So we'll, I'm looking forward to the next one for sure. Nice, nice. Yeah, but with that, let's let's get into some actual topics. Let's not do half a podcast of <laughs> dog training of this again, or just general introductions and not ever get to our topics. Yeah. All right. Well, our first topic, Manny. Why don't you kick us off? So, if everybody remembers our Weebs be mad segment. It's not it, for this time. It's not going to be weebs be mad. It's Korea boos be mad. And if anybody doesn't know what Korea boo is, so think of it as like weeaboos. We know that's like anime fans, all that stuff. But Korea boos are basically fans that like K-pop, K-dramas, all that stuff, Korean shit. And so, I think it was last week. I didn't look into it because I was just busy laughing at the bullshit. But uh, the Dodger Stadium had a K-pop group. Really? For, yeah, like they had a K-pop group and apparently they were performing at the Dodgers event, I guess. Or they visited the Dodger Stadium for a game, maybe. I was about to ask, was it for a Dodger game or was it something separate? I'm assuming it was for like a game. But who knows? Um, I didn't pay attention that much. And so the group is called N hyphen or hyphen and hyphen. If any okay. creators listen to us, don't fucking try to send me death threats just because I didn't say the name properly. I was about to say it sounded like a, a Bay Area hyphy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Continue though. And 
the reason why Korea Boos are getting mad is because my brother-in-law is a Dodgers fan. He keeps up with Dodgers. And when he saw the video, he asked, who the fuck are they? Like, he doesn't know who they are. Like, why they are so important being at the Dodgers stadium. So he made that a comment on the IG post. Uh-huh. After that, he was harassed, reported, sent very interesting threats towards him and my sister <laughs> by Kriyabu's. Wow. So his account was franked, like constantly being reported and stuff because he pissed off the Kriyabu's for, for asking who the fuck is that. Uh, the majority of the comments were like, saying, uh, were like talking shit on him like, they're fucking millionaires. You're just an electrician for the union. You will never make the money that they make. You better hide your wife because they're going to take her. They're probably, uh, is that really how you teach your children how to behave and grow up? You have a child now. Like they were going very, inter- it was just very interesting seeing the comments and how they were going about that. And pretty much after that, there was another K-pop group that was there. And he also quit. He also asked, who is that as well? And they just went after him saying that they're much better than your wife and everything. They're much more prettier than your wife because it was a female K-pop group this time. So they were just going left and right, going towards my sister and my brother-in-law and this shit. Jeez, and I didn't know there was so much anger. It, trust me, Koreaboos are a whole different breed when it, uh, compared to Weaboos. And not only that, it's just more of like the Gen Z toxicity of being k-pop fans like in my opinion gen z k-pop stands stands is also another word for overly obsessive fans uh but gen z k-pop stands to me are the most toxic people on the planet really yeah okay because so, i remember uh we what was it, a year or two ago we did a lot of like uh k-pop updates where they were doing a lot of like online organizing for good things for the trump campaign i think more than that it was a bunch of stuff we had them like on the topics for like four or five different things right yeah i think we did yeah it was actually super interesting but i guess just like every every branch of every fandom of some sort there's always some toxic shit right yeah yeah so his account finally got reported so that his account's under review now. Uh, the comments were deleted because it got too aggressive by IG standards. Even though it was it wasn't him making the aggressive comments, it was just other people. And okay. lo- lots of remarks about him being racist. I, I I'm still confused about that whole situation. Why he's called a racist now? Huh? Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, if you're a K-pop fan and you're listening to this, I'm a K-pop fan, but also I ain't a dick, so y'all can just shut the fuck up and let people exp- have their opinions and shit. Definitely, but I, always. But that's pretty much what I have for Korea Boos Be Mad. All right, I guess we got a new iteration of it, huh? Yep. All right, let's see if we have more to come. Definitely. By the way, our hate mail inbox is unacceptedpodcast at gmail.com. Manny's phone number. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Fuck it. I'm spanking. All right.
Well, let's get into some good cracking down, though. Hell yeah. So we got LAPD finally cracking down on TakeOver Kids. Yes. All right. And we I did talk about it on your story. Yeah, I did. But you you actually pulled up the actual article, right? Yes, I did. Uh, what was it that you saw in the article? Because from what I know at the moment, it was just over 40 arrests and over 30 cars impounded on a street takeover crackdown. Okay, so full sheet is 82 citations, 40 arrests that include a loaded ghost gun Ooh. and an attempted murder arrest warrant. Um, nice. As well as 34 vehicles impounded. And uh, <laughs> at least the article I'm looking at, just perfect, perfect, perfect showing is a 350 or 370. I think that might be a 370. No, that's a 350. 350Z with uh, no front bumper. You know those VQ boys. <laughs> oh, yeah, VQ boys. <laughs> as soon as I saw the picture, I was like, oh, of course it had no fucking front bumper. <laughs> So I apparently this is that new little directive that we talked about last time, right? Yes, yes. So it's nice to see some results. Hopefully they keep going at this. I'm wondering how they did the block off to kind of get the cars, but like 30 car, 34 cars isn't bad. That's a pretty, pretty good number right there. It is because I think we said before, like the average number of cars they would get like was around like seven to 10 cars. I think so, yeah. Yeah, so if they upped it up to uh to 34, that's not bad. That's not bad at all. And I liked how I made my comment when I posted on my story, like the the son saying like dad, they impounded the car. It was like the dad's just screaming, What? Because I wouldn't doubt if a lot of those cars were just their parents' cars too. I mean, maybe. I'm I'm kind of hoping they just get everybody, whether they're they're doing the parents' cars, whether they're, it's their own cars. I don't care. Get them all right now. Now, when should we start looking on GoFundMe to see all these GoFundMe campaigns? Oh, I don't know. But I'm waiting for it. Definitely. <laughs> That's going to be and, great. And like we said last week, too, it's it's become a trend where like a sign of achievement for people is trying to stand or get in the way of the cars doing the bone burnout, the the donuts and the burnouts and getting hit intentionally by the cars. But some of these people that I see in the videos look like, look like they're trying to get intentionally hit, but then I get it and then get aggressive towards the driver of the car that, that got hit, that hit them. I mean, they legit just could be dumb as hell. They could be. But one of the interesting videos was where uh, a dude was literally standing in the way after he got hit, he just like tries to stand up and pulls out a gun, like getting ready to blast the car that it hit him. So that was that was a very sketchy moment right there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, do with your own risk what you want to end up doing, but I think at this point it's gone on way too much where you can't just ignore it and say, oh, yeah, well, if they want to go and get hit, it's their problem. If they want to go and fuck up their cars, it's their problem. Like, no, 
it's gotten to the point where it's been affecting the car community for a while now. It, it's it's time to get them all. Definitely. Definitely time to get them all. So I know we talked about them seeing how they're using their funds, whether they were just going to crack down like Riverside did on everybody during the day or actually get after the targeted group. To me, this looks like a targeted group. Hopefully it continues with this trend because that's that's great to see. Yeah, because at the end of the day, it just puts everybody else at risk. Not just the car community, but the local community as well. Yeah. As if if we remember uh one of uh, one of the incidents that happened last time in the in the one of the most recent takeovers is where a group of people went into a seven eleven to ransack it and assaulted the workers of the seven eleven. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's it's time for all of them to go. Mm-hmm. So it's time to get them all out. Fuck it. Definitely. All right. Well, let's move into some our next topic. We're flying through today. <laughs> <laughs> so we have an update on the California EV crackdown. Yes. So I know we talked about it who long time ago at this point. We did. We did. Um, and that was uh uh Gavin Newsom's executive order i guess is what it would be as far as like a governor executive order yeah um basically saying that he wanted to ban the sales of new electric powered vehicles by 2035 so if somebody knows a little bit more on the government side than i do please email us and let us know but from my understanding of this we had that date before so i i kind of had started to question like wait a minute what actually changed you know why is everybody talking about it now from my understanding on it is that this was a Newsom executive order, meaning it was just him deciding his own thing, signed it in and went for it. Right. Yes. So as far as what implications he could actually put on to enforce it, I wasn't really sure. And I think that's where the big difference is now. Cause this was back in 20, September of 2020 uh-huh. where he kind of put this, uh this date on there. Right. So now what actually happened, right, uh, with this, now that everybody's kind of, it felt to me, it felt like re-reporting, but what it is, it's not re-reporting. It's that the California regulators voted and passed basically Newsom's executive order. So now this has teeth in a sense, right? Yes. Now the regulators can actually impose fines on the manufacturers that don't meet this requirement. Now, and apparently these fines are really, really steep. Here's a question. Does this mean in a broad sense, every single type of vehicle that has emissions cannot be sold? By 2035, that means all passenger, passenger trucks, passenger cars. Okay, okay, that was my question. Basically, how was? Does this also mean it's going to affect the commercial side? I don't think so. I don't think the technology is there. I mean, it's a lofty goal in itself for just passenger vehicles, right? Yeah. I think to ask commercial is is a uh, is a little bit unrealistic right now. Yeah. But, um, but the, yeah, that's why this says all passenger vehicles. Yeah, because I haven't seen any commercial vehicles that can that can do like big heavy duty. Tr- uh, jobs and halls yeah. on the I know EV there's side. a company that's working on it 
obviously a lot faster than Tesla. And it was an interesting, uh, interesting read because basically what they were describing was how, how Tesla is trying to make those 18 wheelers, right? Mm -hmm. But they're making it from scratch, meaning besides just the powertrain, right? Which is the biggest component is going to be the powertrain range, power, charging, all that stuff, right? Yeah. Um, they're making an entire truck from scratch, chassis, platform, everything, you know? And uh, there's another company, and I forget what it is that is making a truck, but they're using the existing chassis and platforms that they have now. Because I guess they're even through a lot of the trucks, they have a lot of their own, like a lot of the shared components. Yeah. From braking systems to fuel pumps to, um, to even some lights and headlights and stuff like that from different companies, they all kind of match up, you know? So this other company, and I probably should have came a little bit more prepared if I was going to bring it up. but basically they're building almost like an ev swap so they're building upon the actual platforms that are already available they're already engineered they already got braking systems they're you know they're already engineered to haul heavy loads and they're just worrying about the power the electric drivetrain you know yes so maybe that'll be the steps if something like that ends up going through and working yeah but anyways, I digress. Um, yeah, this is just for passengers only, and it's going to be done. It seems super, super quick. But uh, the rule is basically that 35% of new passenger cars and light trucks sold in California has to be either zero emissions, plug-in hybrid, or hydrogen powered by 2026. Interesting. So that's 35%. Those benchmarks go up to 68% by 2030. And then finally, 100% at 2035. Okay. So those are the little benchmark increments that uh, they actually have to comply with. You know, given that we're the largest market for cars in the country fifth largest economy in the world that's a lot of pressure it is that's a lot a lot of pressure so i i it kind of seems like this might be the heavy hand that actually gives the final push you know but i i don't think it's going to change for like the first couple years i can guarantee that or i can agree or i can predict maybe that we're going to just see a lot of car, uh, people going out of state to purchase cars and bring them back to California. You know, I keep hearing that, but I don't know if that's going to be the case. You think so? You know, obviously personal opinion, but think about how quickly the technology is expanding, how much money is about to get poured into this thing, and how fast technology moves when there's money being poured in. Yeah. I think by 2035, we are going to have some like actually decent selection and decent prices on some models by then. I think enough to where it wouldn't make sense to go out of state. Think about inflation, right? How much gas is costing now versus how much it's going to cost in the future. I, I, I think by 2035, if, if the manufacturers kind of like bow down basically to the, 
economy of California, I think it would it's not going to make sense to go out of state for a gas car. Yeah. I think for the general population, people are going to end up buying electric. Okay. We'll see. Obviously, you know, hear me now, quote me later. Maybe I'll be wrong. <laughs> That's just what I'm thinking. You know what I mean? So does that mean we're going to see you trading in the the Outback for an EV car soon? I don't know about soon. I drive way too much. Soon. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Like I said, I had already... Remember, I was shopping for the EV. Yeah, yeah, you were. I was. It's just... uh. It didn't feel, you know, by the time I actually made a decision like, okay, if I'm going to spend the money, I want this, this, and that. And it ended up being like a $60,000 car. And when I drove it, it really didn't sound, feel, interior quality. Like it didn't feel like I was getting my money's worth. Yeah. But, you know, the market's very slim right now with EVs. If this, if this is going to be the trend that we're going to and everybody's investing in EV, there's going to be a lot more selection and I'm sure I'll find my bang for my buck at that point. Yeah. And my house isn't super, super old. So I don't think upgrading the power or getting another panel to get the fast charging at, at home is, I don't think it's going to be very difficult for me. So it, it does seem like an option for me. We'll see. Other part of me wants to say, no, make sure you buy yourself the last EV Mustang or the last or EV, the last gas powered Mustang or something before it goes. And then I'll end up waiting even longer for an EV. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, go out with the bang. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so that's kind of where. Go crash into crowds with the last ever <laughs> internal combustion Mustang. The last time they'll actually hear me coming. <laughs> well i mean unless they do some like tacky ass sounds like uh dodge is trying to do or like that we see with the random tesla owners too oh my god those are so fucking terrible <laughs> yeah i uh, i don't know i don't i don't think i could see myself wanting fake sounds uh-huh just can't do it can't do it all right, you ready to roll in on our next topic, Manny? Yeah. Okay, so this is going to kind of flow into the into the next one, right? So basically, this is an article that came out um, about last month. I must have missed it. Not really sure how, but more California news. So there's actually a bill out to the California Senate right now that'll do tax incentives for swapping the motors on your cars. Huh. So that's super interesting, right? But, you know, we're doing an EV push. So guess what motors they're incentivizing a swap on? EV. EV, buddy. So, you know, we there, we know of a couple like a retro retrofitters, kind of like, a, what was it, EV West? Yes, yes. There were one of the companies doing that. I know there was a bunch at SEMA doing all kinds of stuff. We had OEMs like Ford doing their uh, electric crate motor, basically, right? Yes. So apparently there's this bill, um, Assembly Bill 2350. 
And this is the zero emissions aftermarket conversion project. I wish they had a better name for that. But <laughs> <laughs> but the rebate would be $2,000 from the state for doing an EV swap. Wait, how Obviously, much? Obviously, $2,000. Obviously, an EV swap is much more expensive, but it's still money that wasn't there before, and it's still it's still extra incentive for you to keep your older car and still comply with all the EV technology going in. Yeah. So I thought that was super interesting. I know I make the joke all the time, I'm going to EV swap the Fox. But, you know, depending how the future ends up going, maybe I will EV swap the Fox. <laughs> Watch, like, it's going to be like that anime that we did a review on. Shit, I forgot the name. X-Driver? X-Driver, yeah. Watch. The last remaining people are going to be like the X-Drivers, basically. <laughs> Maybe. Well, mind you, that was a bit more like, a, what was it, a self-driving technology more than anything. Yeah, EV, like autonomous driving. Yeah, that's going to be full autonomous drive. This is just an EV swap. The Mustang will still be, you know, independent, me driving it, just maybe on EV. It is pretty loud and annoying now to me. I need Boo. to get it quiet again. Boo. Whatever. <laughs> Getting old, Manny. That's the way it's going. Doesn't, doesn't mean shit. <laughs> uh, but anyways, with that, Manny, what are you EV swapping? What am I EV swapping? Yep. The Yugo. Stop it with the Yugo. Give me a real answer, <laughs> goddammit. <laughs> it will be reliable for once. <laughs> will it, you though? <laughs> you can't argue that. You wouldn't have any room for batteries. You'd be running on double A's. <laughs> can't hurt to try. <laughs> All right. No, for reals. What would you be doing a swap on to say, like, okay, well, I'm going to do this to kind of keep keep some sort of like let's at this point it's going to be nostalgia but you know your choice for an ev swap on the cars right. that i own or a car that i would like to have uh cars that you own cars that i own cars okay. that you own they're gonna ban them ban them and you get to keep one then i shit that's a tough one is it really i thought it'd be an easy one for you no, because I'm conflicted. Like, maybe they'll come in, or maybe the '82 Toyota pickup I picked up. Oh, okay, that's right. You have that Toyota now. Yes. I mean, I I thought it was gonna be Elko all day long. <laughs> you have a lot more hood space and bed. That is true. Shit. And if you want to go, you know, in a sense, kind of like that uniqueness. I'm sure there's a lot less El Caminos out there. <laughs> True. I rarely see El Caminos on the road. Even at like classic car cars, cars and coffee or car shows, like the more uh, you do see El Caminos, but just the G body styles, not the A bodies. Yeah, yeah. So it would be interesting. Uh, so I guess, yeah, maybe the El Camino. All right, all right. So let's get started. Let's rip that thing apart. Could be the tester. Again. <laughs> Although, you know, technically speaking, the El Camino would be the only one that's allowed to stay pure. 
Oh, that's right. Because it's smog exempt. It is true. Mm hmm. Yeah, I know for me, it'd definitely be the fox. Okay. I know it's super blasphemous in like the fucking Mustang community and shit, but honestly, if I think about how often I drive the Fox right now versus taking it out, and then I have, you know, I do I do an oil change for like the six, seven, eight times I drive it. <laughs> like it almost feels like an EV Fox would make more sense for how little I drive the car now. You know what I mean? I wouldn't even need to fast charge the fucker. I don't know. We'll see. But yeah, I'm going to keep an eye on this to see if I'm going to add that to my homework to see if this actually gets passed and see if we actually start getting an incentive to do EV swaps. I think that'll definitely charge up the market for something like that, you know? But I would basically say maybe $2,000 might be still a little bit too low just because of like how expensive the job would be to swap it. I don't know. Yeah, but it's almost like a... Think think of it like a EV tax credit. Yeah. You get a tax credit of $7,000, but you're buying a $50,000 EV. You kind of yeah. see the, the comparisons? You know, you're not spending as much as you'd buy the whole car for, but you're still getting some help. Yeah, that's true. So I, I don't think it... it I don't think it's too bad. I think it's a good start and I think it's a good way to incentivize aftermarket development. Yeah, I can see what you mean. Which at the end of the day, I mean, would you rather buy a brand new EV or would you rather retrofit something old and keep our shit boxes? Get a Yugo. I'm going to hold you up to that. You know what? I'm going to hold you up to that because you've already passed up one Yugo. We found it for sale and you passed it up. I passed it up because I didn't have time to go get it. That is a lie. I'm gonna no, find really, another one. I'm gonna find another one and be like, "Where's your time at? Let's go. Let's go pick up your Yugo." Okay. <laughs> I got a trailer. We can actually tow it now. <laughs> right. Right. I'm gonna hold you to it, Manny. All right. Well, we got one more headline. We're gonna keep this episode probably a little short. Okay. But I'm gonna get a little bit nerdy just because I thought this article was super interesting. So this has to do with the Salton Sea. More California news. We're packed with California news this week, huh? California is a big state. It is a big state. Well, you know, this is specific here to SoCal. So this is an article I found on the Salton Sea. Do you know where? Do you know what that is? Where it's at? I have no clue. Oh, you don't? Nope. Okay, so it's about like. Uh, 40, 50 miles, uh, north of like the border, like border, the Mexico, near, California, Mexico border near where though, uh, Imperial County. Oh, okay. Okay. So, um, yeah, not San Diego. <laughs> yeah. That's why I had a question that. Yeah. 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 No, this is out like in the middle of nowhere. So the Salton sea is like, a. it's like a, a good, reminder of man-made fuck-ups <laughs> okay basically it was like a big man-made lake and they tried to sell it out like er in the early like 30s or 40s or 50s something like that it was like supposed to be like a tourist destination thing right yeah but 
you know, it's so fucking, it's a literal desert out there. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So the way it ended up doing is um, as the, the lake started to kind of, uh, in a sense, evaporate and deployed down, they had algae fucking growth. And then all the sand blew out into, you know, the, cause you know, the waters and the, of the lake kind of like ground out a lot of rock and, and bigger chunks of dirt into like really fine powder sand. You know what I mean? Yes. Sediment. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know all the uh, scientific stuff, but basically it fucked up the whole area. You couldn't Ooh. live around there because you'd be breathing in nasty shit. The The lake was nasty because of all the algae and all the other shit that would happen because obviously it's not a natural lake, right? Yeah. Uh, towns around there that was supposed to be like resort towns and, you know, work and basically survive off of tourism pretty much shut down, became ghost towns. And it's just kind of been a a nasty reminder of like where not what not to do with nature. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Kind of like uh, what could have happened to Lake Parasite. I mean, Paris. <laughs> 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 but anyways, that is what the Salton Sea is, right? So there's been a lot of talk recently about revitalizing fixing doing something with it right okay so there is a super interesting thing that i found that i think could be you know depending what ends up being decided on right there's a whole bunch of little write-ups and different proposals being done right now yeah but i think it might be a a good thing to watch out for if you're like into stocks or investments and shit like that and B, it actually might be a really, really hard push that helps our EV situation. Okay. So one thing that's super, super abundant out there in the Salton Sea is lithium. Oh. Yeah. Enough lithium to meet the entire future projection of U.S. demand. Because isn't there a, a a situation between U.S. and Mexico with lithium imports at the moment? I am not sure about that, buddy. Okay, because I think I heard I think I heard about Mexico not wanting to export lithium to the U.S. to meet their quotas because they want to use it for themselves to research and develop lithium batteries. Yeah, and because well, mining lithium is a motherfucker. Yeah, and. U.S. wants to sanction Mexico, apparently, for not giving them lithium. Okay. I'll have to look for that article. See. All right, for sure. So, basically, um, there's enough lithium at the Salton Sea to supply all of the U.S. U.S.'s uh, projected and future demand, as well as 40% of the world's demand. Okay. So, like, there's a lot in there. Now, because of the way it's located and where it's at, um, it it's it's not going to be mined the same way, right? The big problem with lithium is the way it's mined. It yeah. causes a lot of, you know, you usually have to have, like, a shit, those, um, like, open pit mining or, like, uh, evaporation ponds, right? Uh-huh. And usually that ends up with a bunch of heavy equipment or you end up using a bunch of like water and you end up with a lot of waste and contaminated water. You know what I mean? 
So it's really bad to fucking mine lithium. Really, really, really fucking bad. But the way the Salton Sea um, is, it has a lot of um, geothermal uh, geothermal resources in the area. Meaning they could actually mine most of that lithium with minimal actual impact to the environment or waste. So it would actually be the one of the greenest lithium mines in the world. Okay. Uh, with that, obviously, they would be able to build a whole bunch of fucking uh, plants to mine it and, and get that stuff out, which would create a shit ton of jobs and basically have everything we need for uh, lithium impacts and battery building for the future, basically, the whole future. Yeah. And this could all be done right here in SoCal. <laughs> So once again, dude, this might be a, a blow up going on. That's why I said it's interesting because depending how the proposal goes through with the, you know, the state and the city, and I'm not really sure who gets to have the 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 say so on it. Basically, you know, uh huh. They would be able to begin building the plants, getting that in there, which basically, you know, it's a huge investment opportunity. <laughs> And basically get all of our stuff going, dude. This is, I thought it was super interesting and like in a really, really interesting read. Um, I'll actually, for once, link the article in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> right now that I actually still have it in front of me and not just notes like I normally have. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For once, we'll actually be credible. Well, it's not credible. I'm just showing my sources. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Most of the time, I, I make a bunch of notes and we just work off of that. <laughs> but yeah, I thought it was a super, super interesting read. It'd be awesome to see that work out and maybe revitalize that salt and sea. And we won't have such a bad reminder of uh, some of our fuck ups. Turn a fuck up into a fucking success. Definitely. Fuck ups to success for the win. Hey, that should be like our podcast motto. <laughs> fuck ups to success fuck ups to success yes boy but uh with that little highlight manny let's call this an episode why don't you yeah. tell the listeners where they can find us yeah you can definitely find us on instagram twitter and facebook at unaccepted pod and we do have a website unacceptedpod.com and be sure to like subscribe leave a review wherever you're listening to this podcast I know we ask every week, but it does help us out a lot. And for whatever reason, they're biased towards iTunes reviews. So do a rating and an iTunes review for us. It helps us out a lot. We'd really appreciate it. Yeah, it would definitely help us a lot. Thank you. And um, if you guys have any emails to send us, if you're a weeab or weeaboo, Koreaboo that wants to send Manny some hate mail, you can email us at unacceptedpodcast at gmail.com. And, uh, you know, I'm going to resist. I'm going to take the high ground. I'm not going to do a Leo imitation voice this week. Did you actually do one last time? Well, no, I'm just, I'm not going to do it this week. I'm not sure about next week. We'll see. Uh, okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll let the man catch his break on his hunt in the safari. Yeah. 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 He better come back successful. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> but with that, we'll see everybody next Wednesday. Definitely. Adios.